0: Airbooks Books presents End in Samsara, written by J.W. Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 1, Chapter 17, A Suspicious Greenhouse. Oh bloody hell, Olet oh, grunted across the breakfast table. Twelve across, starts with B, five letters, sacred fig tree. Bodhi, Victoria replied almost instantaneously. B-O-D-H-I. Ah, perfect. Oleg scribbled it down, although he loathed asking for help. This was the final word and he was satisfied he'd never have guessed it. He flicked back to the start, reading the newspaper was his reward for completing the crossword. Some reward, he soon reflected. Even the broadsheets had descended into a cavalcade of doom-mongering and hidden agendas these days. He'd read a well-respected book recently which claimed that, statistically speaking, there was no more preposterous time to be alive than now. It'd be impossible for anyone sifting through today's stories to draw such a conclusion. Political upheaval, the insurmountable threat of climate change, viruses, drug-resistant superbugs, and civil unrest all appeared to be raging at every turn. Presently, he turned to a piece describing a full-scale riot that had occurred at a festival somewhere in Oxfordshire. Hundreds were involved, and at least two dozen injured, including two policemen. At the centre of the disturbance was an apparently world-renowned musician named Zack Hedness. Oleg hadn't heard of him. Preposterous name, he thought. Eyewitnesses attested that there had first been a fight whereby the Australian single-handedly fended off two assailants. The two men, one in his late teens and the other in his early twenties, returned soon after, with a horde of other belligerents, and before long, neighbouring campers in security were all embroiled in the disturbance— Fires were started, tents were destroyed and several vehicles were vandalised, including Mr Hedonis's expensive tour bus. It was lucky no one was killed, Oleg thought, tutting to himself. The article seemed to be openly critical of the singer and cited other examples for which he'd recently received a media backlash. Alexander couldn't help but feel a little sympathy for the Aussie, It seemed apparent that the fight had been brought to him, not the other way around. The septuagenarian was also vaguely impressed that the man had successfully defended himself in a one-against-two altercation. Although the paper was probably justified in its disavowal of violence, he knew full well that not all disputes could be conciliated in a civilised manner. The article concluded that the artist and his team had so far refused to comment on the incident, but the Newcastle date of an already turbulent world tour had been cancelled as a result. Oleg wished his wife a good day at work and she kissed him on the cheek. Don't forget, hedges, she reminded him before leaving. He sighed, thinking there were countless better ways to spend the day. Spotting the clear blue sky outside the window made the prospect seem more palatable, however. Olek donned a pair of hiking boots and shorts and a tattered old shirt. Despite feeling fatigued and riddled with aches, he approached his shed with a cheerful whistle. This joviality promptly vanished when he entered and realised how disorganised he'd let it become. One corner seemed to be dedicated to old and broken ceramics and another to sports he'd not even thought about for years. His entire collection of tools was scattered all over the floor, with seemingly dangerous intentions. After ten minutes of aggressive searching and cursing, he emerged with a large pair of shears. The hedge in question was situated directly at the bottom of his extensive garden. It was vivid green and maintained an ordered elegance at approximately four feet from the ground. General apathy on Oleg's part had allowed the shrub to rise to nearly five and a half any further procrastination would result in a torrent of nagging from Victoria, not to mention his being forced to use a step ladder to reach the top. Around half an hour into the task, his brow thick with beads of perspiration and seemingly no end to the ordeal in sight, he grumbled to himself about his wife not trusting him with a chainsaw. With a substantial portion of the shrub now cleared away, The decorative cross-hatched structure of the Europa Vienna fencing behind was revealed, and so too was a view of the garden backing directly onto his. He recalled that the home had been bought by some young upstart a few months ago. He'd witnessed the man tearing down the road in his gearish red sports car the week before last. Alexander noticed that there was a new addition to the rear of the man's garden, A large greenhouse he was laying his eyes on had certainly not been there the last time he had checked. Oddly, the roof of the greenhouse was covered with black tarpaulin, but what struck him most was what he saw quite visibly growing inside a small collection of plants was situated at the rear, with an array of lamps positioned overhead. Despite being old and admittedly out of touch when it came to certain subjects. Olek recognised exactly what kind of horticulture his new neighbour was cultivating. He returned to the task of hedge-sharing with renewed fervour. The sooner he finished it, the sooner he could pay the man a visit. It was early afternoon by the time he achieved what he considered to be a passable job on the hedge. After quickly devouring a sandwich and a glass of orange juice, he showered and snatched something from a drawer in his bedroom, he suddenly felt dizzy as he started to get dressed and was forced to sit down on his bed for a while. Mostly recovered, he marched down the road with a steely kind of intent in his pale blue eyes. Despite their homes backing on to one another, walking to his neighbour's front door was relatively time-consuming. As well as covering the length of both gardens, he also had to navigate the bend of his road and various neighbouring homes. Several minutes later, he noticed with satisfaction that the gaudy convertible was parked on the drive. Olek attributed no other vehicles to the homeowner. This surely meant he was in. The old man strode to the front door with gusto and rang the bell three times in succession. Quicker than expected, he spotted movement behind the distorted green glass. Up close, his neighbour was taller than Alexander had anticipated his frame was slight, however, and he wore spectacles. This, coupled with his mane of dirty blonde hair and smart attire, seemed to render him altogether unimposing. He gave Alexander an inquisitive eye. Hello? Good afternoon. My name is Oleg. I'm your neighbour. Your garden backs on to mine. The man seemed to register the last comment in particular. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Blair. He extended a hand which Oleg promptly shook. Nice to meet you, Blair. I was wondering if we might have a little chat. Is now a bad time? Um, no, not at all. Please come in. Superb, Oleg said as he wiped his shoes on the doormat. Would you like a drink? Polite, Oleg noted. A black coffee would be nice, thank you. The man led him into his commodious kitchen and directed him towards a large oak table with a glass top. Please, take a seat. The pair exchanged small talk while Blair made two coffees with the extravagant espresso machine beside the sink. It transpired that the young man worked in technology development, amongst other things. Oleg complimented him on his home and queried whether it was just him living there. Yes, just me, said Blair as he handed Oleg one of the cups. He took the seat directly opposite. So what was it you wanted to talk about? I'll cut to the chase. I was trimming my hedge earlier today and I couldn't help but notice something in your garden. A particular collection of plants? With a certain fiendish delight Oleg watched the young man squirming in his seat. Oh you saw those I um ''Are you a drug dealer, Blair?'' the old man asked bluntly. ''Gosh, no, well, not really. I actually only bought them a few days ago. I... I don't...'' Olick oh, laughed. ''Relax, I'm not here to give you a telling off, and I won't be informing the authorities if that's what you're worried about.'' ''You... you won't?'' Blair's posture slackened. ''No, whatever you get up to is your own business. This isn't exactly a bothersome area.'' and I hardly think you selling a bit of weed to middle-class youths is going to bring down the neighbourhood. I was actually wondering if you might sell me some. Blair's troubled expression gave way to an utterly amused grin. Seriously? Yes, seriously. Despite the fact that marijuana is now legal in a significant portion of the Western world, it pains me that I can't seem to find a speck of it in the village. I think it's rather silly that a grown man can't enjoy a smoke and ease his old joints from time to time. Blair chuckled. I never would have had you down as a stoner. Never judge a book, young man, but I wouldn't go quite that far. A friend of mine introduced me to it a few years ago. You see, I suffer from quite debilitating arthritis amongst a string of other ailments I shan't bore you with right now. Anyway... I was quite surprised to discover significant benefits the first time I sampled the vilified plant. Yes, the medicinal applications are plentiful, Blair nodded. I'm glad it can give you some relief. When Oleg eventually moved on to brass tacks, Blair tried to suggest hooking him up with a free supply. No, no, the old man insisted. I don't want you to be out of pocket, son. I'm more than happy to pay. He delved inside his jacket I did have one query, though. He produced a particularly large and time-worn wooden pipe. Would this be a suitable delivery method? Blair inspected it. Oh no, this won't do at all. Let me give you another. He stood up and pulled at the end of the oak table. This slid out to reveal several spacious hidden compartments. Oleg laughed as he noticed a plethora of paraphernalia inside. Blair carefully selected one of the several pipes neatly organized in the nearest compartment and handed it over. This is pretty simple to use. Let me show you. After Oleg was instructed on how to operate his new gift, he was taken to a large storage room at the back of the house. Here he observed what appeared to be an impressive quantity of prepackaged cannabis. Have you grown all this yourself? Olick asked. No, Blair said, explaining that a man had driven practically the entire length of Great Britain in a motorhome to deliver it a few days ago. Apparently, he'd settled on a change of career path and just wanted rid of it. Blair went on to say that after a fairly long discussion with his supplier, he'd realised they shared similar ethics, in the sense that neither of them had any desire to distribute what they both considered to be hard and harmful drugs like cocaine. An appreciation of these values had prompted Blair to give the man an extra £1,000. He'd also gathered the impression that both the dealer and his pretty partner were running from something and could perhaps do with all the help they could get. I asked him where they were heading and he said it was a toss-up between driving and ferrying to France or, because they were already far north, Norway. He didn't seem very clued up. I had to tell him that no ferries travel from the UK to any Scandinavian countries. I told him his best option was to head back in the direction they'd come and then carry on to catch a ferry from Dover. Apparently, after seeing the miserable reaction this elicited, Blair had donated an extra £300 for the man's petrol. Olek decided that Blair was a thoroughly decent chap. He asked if maybe he would also consider this particular career path. The young Scot had laughed at this. Oleg suggested that if he really was dead set on drug dealing as a side venture, he should be a little more careful about who he divulged certain pieces of information to. After all, an hour ago the two of them had been perfect strangers, and now Alexander knew enough to see him locked up for the next three Winter Olympic Games, which the young man had mentioned he was a fan of. Blair had laughed again and said his neighbour seemed trustworthy. "'Do you need to be anywhere?' the young man asked after giving his neighbour a full tour of his property. Oleg checked his phone. He noted that it was four in the afternoon, and that Victoria had texted him saying she wouldn't be home until late and for him not to wait up. "'No, actually, I'm quite free as it turns out.' "'Excellent. Then perhaps my new customer would fancy trying out the full range of products on offer.' "'Why not?' Oleg replied with a grin.' Blair kicked off proceedings by offering his guest a strain called lemon haze. Oleg took a few puffs and stifled the urge to cough, something which seemed to become easier the more he smoked. Why lemon? the old man inquired. I'm getting many things, but there does not appear to be a citrus aroma. I believe it refers to the thick yellow hairs which protrude from the buds. After their first round of testing, Blair presented Olek with what he said was a different type of cannabis called indica. This one he called OG Kush, he said. Ah, my son once told me what that stands for. Original gangster, right? Blair snort laughed, releasing short puffs of smoke through his nostrils. Right, much like yourself. This one is smooth, Oleg commented after a prolonged exhale. The kitchen was now becoming obscured by a dense hanging mist. As Blair continued to introduce him to a seemingly endless variety of strains, Oleg regarded the reverence and enthusiasm his neighbour described them with. Why weed, though, Blair? he suddenly felt compelled to ask. You seem like a bright young fellow, and you told me you earn the majority of your money from technology. Why not stick to that? I love plants, Blair said with a shrug. I love growing them, I love caring and cultivating them. Then be a bloody gardener, Oleg said. At least it won't get you arrested. Blair chuckled. Other flora don't particularly interest me. Besides, this is the only version of horticulture that I gather generates any worthwhile returns. Do the ethical implications not bother you, though, selling illicit drugs to people? ha. Blair scoffed. They're illicit in this silly part of the world, sure. But like you said earlier, it's becoming legalised all over, and my conscience is actually significantly clearer doing this compared to my so-called above-board technological pursuits. Oleg raised an eyebrow. What branch of technology are you involved with, exactly? Well, until rather recently, I was quite heavily invested in AI, Ah, how funny. My partner is a cryptographer. She attended a convention on AI a couple of weeks ago. Alexander paused. Wait, why would you have ethical reservations about that? Oh, it's far too complicated for me to get into. But there's an AI arms race happening now. Whether anybody is inclined to admit it, my esteemed colleague Roger Farnsby has been pressured into appearing on the biggest podcast network on the planet tomorrow – to give his take. Oleg rocked back in his seat. You know Roger Farnsby? Certainly do, and I also know what a crap interviewee he is. He's going to either let something slip that he definitely shouldn't, or even worse, he's going to lie to millions of people around the globe. Sounds dicey. Exactly. Now can you see why I'd rather sell weed? Alexander chuckled for a good five seconds. Can't anyone talk him out of it? Out of the interview, Blair frowned. He's already agreed to it. So what? Isn't he a billionaire? Surely he can do as he damn well pleases, the other ones seem to. Roger is perhaps one of the most powerful people on the planet, while also somehow managing to be quite timid and easily led. He thinks he has an obligation to do it. So what? You said he's your friend. Phone him up, tell him to reconsider. Hmm. The words seemed to give Blair pause. I had thought about that, he said. It seems like I'd be crossing a line, though. He's technically my superior, he rocked back in his chair, saying that the man does take my opinion into account from time to time. Then give it to him. I don't see where the harm is. Maybe, if I'm tactful. Olet gave a suggestive nod. Blair stood with a look of intense concentration and picked his phone up from the table. I'll be right back. If you'd like to learn more about JW Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Book's podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode.